I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I'm Boyd Matheson as we march our way towards Thanksgiving. And of course, it's a it's a good time of year to step back just a little bit, do a little reflecting. And I wanted to go back to uh, an experience I had uh, last Friday. I had the opportunity to be with the Utah Farm Bureau. Uh, at their big dinner, their annual meeting, and that's an extraordinary group to be with and a great opportunity to highlight the women and men that bring us the harvest that we all enjoy. And it's easy to uh, forget about everything that they do and how they do it. Uh, it is no small task. And if we look at the the, the people we can all be grateful for, uh, everyone that puts that hard work, sweat, tears, risk, uh, to plant and grow and harvest the, the cattle, uh, all of those things that we purchase every day from a store without really thinking how it got there. Uh, but it's also a good chance for us to kind of look at what is the state of the nation? What is the state of farmers? And, uh, you know, as I was with them last Friday, uh, one, I, I always come away just so amazed uh, at what they are. Sometimes we think of farmers in a certain way in terms of the hard work that they do. Uh, but we often don't think about uh, their willingness to to take risk and to, to make it a calculated risk. Uh, I mean, they are the ultimate entrepreneurial risk takers. Uh, and it's every year. Some of us think of starting a business and we kind of take that big early risk and then things kind of settle in. Farmers take risk. Ranchers take risk every day of every year. And I don't think we acknowledge that enough because that also takes its toll. I mean, that is an exhausting thing where you're taking out loans so you can plant in the spring or so you can expand the herd or or, or get that extra parcel of land, whatever it might be. And uh, there's great risk there, but there's great pressure that goes along with that. And I think it's an important part of it. And as we recognize that they really are the backbone uh, of our economic well-being and our personal health and well-being, uh, I think there's a lot of things that we can look to. And, and as I look at the state of the family farm in particular, uh, there's so many areas where government intervention or regulation has made it harder uh, for farmers to do what they do best. And the more the government meddles, the more uh, it threatens livelihoods, and it also threatens our national food security. Uh, there was an interesting piece in the New York Post uh, recently talking about uh, how U.S. farmers are feeling about the government really pushing them to, to the edge. And a lot of that is based on on energy. Uh, and obviously, you think about how a farm functions. It's on a whole lot of energy uh, and not just uh, fuel, you know, for tractors and trucks and so on. Uh, but it's also fertilizer. Remember, natural gas is the crucial component in all of that. Uh, I've seen and heard some of our farmers talk about the fact that uh, the cost for them has doubled 
since last year when it comes to some of those. So, so then you start doing that play through. And if you've doubled the cost of, uh, of what it's going to take to fertilize, or if you're doubling the cost of how much it's going to take to run the machinery to keep it all going, then suddenly you look at the back end and, and what's left uh, after you've done all the hard work, after you've taken it to market or gotten it sold, uh, and then suddenly your your profits may not be there at all. And so every time the government takes an action that causes the input cost for a farmer to go up, uh, that that squeezes it. And then you add inflation to all of that. Uh, we could spend a, a whole show just talking about the labor component uh, and the cost of labor and if they can even get labor. And that takes us, of course, to conversations about immigration and who's coming in and who's leaving the country and how long they can do that. And if it's a if it's a herd, uh, you know, you can't just come in on the on the short term thing. You've got to have a longer term visa program that allows them to stay for a whole year. Uh, there's just a whole host of of small things that most of us don't think about most days. But all of that together is how we have food security in this country. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, I love the fact uh, I don't qualify as a farmer on any front other than I married a farmer's daughter. Uh, and so once again, I'm scooting in on Debbie's coattails. Uh, but I love the fact that in uh, her father's personal history, uh, which was uh, rightly called a farmer's life, and he actually dedicated an entire chapter of his own personal history it was titled The Hired Man. And I love the fact that my father-in-law recognized that any success he had on his farm was because of those women and men who, who were the hired folks, uh, the migrants that came up and, and those that worked there seasonally and what a crucial part they were uh, to all of that. And so there's so many issues that are under underneath the surface there uh, as it comes to, to what is going on with our farmers. And I would just add one other component that we've all got to be aware of, uh, and that is just the, the stress and strain uh, on our farmers. Uh, suicide amongst farmers has, has been up significantly, and I, I, I feel for that because I see the stress that they're under, the pressure that they're under. And then there's this added dimension. Many of them are on farms that have gone back in their families for uh, decades or longer. There's a farm in the middle of the valley here in Salt Lake uh, that was originally laid out when Utah was still a territory. It's only had two owners uh, since it uh, since it was originally drawn out. And many are facing that frustration and fear of what if they're the last one? What if the family farm ends with them? And that whole stress and strain. And so I think as we roll into Thanksgiving this week, uh, I want to do the the proper tribute, and I think the only way you can give a proper tribute uh, to a farmer uh, is to go uh, to So God Made a Farmer. 
and I think one of the great tributes to America's farmers. So uh, take a listen to a very familiar voice uh, with a very important farmer's message. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to sit up all night with a newborn colt and watch it die and dry his eyes and say, maybe next year. I need somebody who can shape an axe handle from a persimmon sprout, shoe a horse with a hunk of car tire, who can make harness out of hay wire feed sacks and shoe scraps, who planting time and harvest season will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon and then pain in from tractor back, put in another 72 hours. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink-combed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadow lark. So God made a farmer. It had to be somebody who'd plow deep and straight and not cut corners. Somebody to seed, weed, feed, breed, and rake, and disc, and plow, and plant, and tie the fleece, and strain the milk. Somebody who'd bale a family together with the soft, strong bonds of sharing. Who would laugh, and then sigh, and then reply with smiling eyes when his son says that he wants to spend his life doing what dad does. So God made a farmer. That's Paul Harvey. As you give thanks for so many things this year, make sure you give thanks for the farmers. We'll be right back. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.